This is July 31st, and this is another episode of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. Ah, another Bruins Beat. Man, I was just saying off air to our guest here. Man, it is flying this summer. It's July 31st, the Bruins Beat, and, you know, we're going to be talking some real hockey before we know it. But until we do that, we are going to continue our look around the Atlantic Division here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Of course, I am your host, Jimmy Murphy, and this week we are focusing on the Ottawa Senators, and I bring in my old friend and colleague. I've known him for many years, seen him around the rinks, and uh, I'll tell you what, folks, he's worth a read because I think he's had a probably one of the best takes on the mess, the ultimate pathetic, I'm sorry, Ottawa fans, but pathetic mess that the Ottawa Senators are right now. And that is Donnie Brennan. Uh, Don, how are we doing, my friend? Really good, Murph. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And before we get going, you know, give uh, the, uh, the listeners here a little idea of where they can find your work. I know that in this ever-changing journalism world, I've kind of lost track of where everybody is. So <laughs> for our, yeah. our, our listeners right now, where's the best place to find you? Well, I'm uh, Post Media owns our uh, newspaper chain, and uh, so I'm in Ottawa at ottawasun.com and okay. ottawacitizen.com. So there's two there's two newspapers I'm uh, contributing to now, writing for wow. on a regular daily basis. Now, did they when did that merger happen recently, or is this a while back? Um, it's been uh, I think two years now. So it's uh, something. Yeah. It's funny because I mean. For many years, I've I've been with the Ottawa Sun for thirty years now, That's and uh, yeah. it, the the Ottawa Citizen was always our main competition, and now we're one big happy family. So you know, this in this changing environment of the in, of the industry, we're uh, finding new ways to do things, and it's uh, it's going okay, I think. But you know, we're just walking along and uh, waiting for another season to begin. So now, are you teammates with our our mutual friend there, Bruce Garrick? Now, or were you always teammates with him? Well, we were, we've uh, been with the Ottawa Sun together for the, that, right. that uh, right. three-decade period. So there's guys like, uh, well, Ken Warren now and uh, is the other hockey writer in our in our vast stable. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, uh, Chris Stevenson switched over to NHL.com, right? That's where he is? He went to, N- he went to NHL.com, but now, he's all, but now he's working for The Athletic. He's, oh, he right. covers the Senators for The Athletic, yeah. Beautiful. So he, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's found a lot of – Stuff to keep him busy since uh, moving on from from the post media chain. He's doing a very good job. Good for him. Good for him. And Donnie, you do a good job yeah. yourself. And uh, you know, let's. Oh, and by the way, where can we find you on Twitter too for the listeners? Well, it's uh, Sun S U N D O N I B. Sun right. Don't I B. Donnie yeah. B. Donnie B. And of course, uh, yep. go figure. Murphy brings a Brendan on to the Bruins beat here. There we go. If we were in person, yeah, there you uh, go. We'd be sipping some Irish cocktails, but here we are. I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, as we record this, uh, Donnie. I uh, helped my girlfriend move up here. Which she's living back in Boston, and now she just moved up here. It's about a 45 minute ride. It is beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been there, but nice, oh, nice city right yeah. in the water. Oh wow, that sounds great. Anytime I'm around Boston, I always enjoy it. I love. That's my favorite city in the world. And of course, I grew up a Bruins fan, so uh, I've made sure that I get to every every trip to Boston that I can, you know, I, I just love it. Yeah. Now was that because of Bobby Orr or what? Well, I, I guess my dad was a Bruins fan and uh-huh. uh, the reason that, and they were bad back then. 
and he was the sports editor of a paper up in Northern Ontario. And uh, I just sort of, I I started out as a Leaf fan, but that uh, didn't last very long. Uh, I jumped over to the Bruins and I, Derek Sanderson was my favorite player. Um, I have a, I have a son that's 27 years old now. His name is Derek after Derek Sanderson. So I always, uh, I read Derek Sanderson's book as a kid. One of the few books that I actually made it through. (laughs) I've got to be me, his first one. And yeah, yeah, the the guy just, I just liked the way he lived. I liked the way he played. I I mean, he was just, he was my idol. So, I mean, like my kid is now Derek Brennan. So there there you go. Yeah, people, I mean, I I wasn't old enough to remember, you know, those days at the Big Bad Bruins, really. Um, But, you know, my grandfather, who got me into hockey and got me to Bruins, he had season tickets. And he used to, you know, he used to end up uh, throwing back a few with those guys uh, after the game sometimes. They would just pop into the fours or they'd go to a, a couple other places. You know, you never see that now, of course. But, um, you know, he said the writers would be there, the players would be there. Russ Conway, I don't know if you remember that name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good old Russ has plenty of Derek Sanderson stories, man. We'll have to get him on with you sometime. Oh, he could go on yeah, and on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. good stuff. Yeah. We, I remember the days when, when the Senators first started playing at what was then uh, the Palladium. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, uh, there was a bar, Brad Marsh's bar was in the, in the building. And I remember the players had an area where they would come after the games. They would, they would be there, but it would be sort of roped off so they wouldn't be bothered by fans if they, if they wanted to go right. and have a couple of drinks. But they, uh, ultimately, they would sort of mingle, would cross over, they'd sign autographs. It was a different time even back then. So, uh, and, of course, the, the rink in Ottawa has had about five name changes since then. But uh, yeah, it was the Palladium back in the in the early nineties. And it was, a, again, it was a diff, just a different, uh, different vibe you got, you know, it was a different yeah. way. Like now I don't know where the players go. Um, not that I'm looking for them after games. I, right. I we generally hit a, we generally hit a nice Irish bar close to the rink though, Murph. And, uh, exactly. we, we never see any players there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting. And speaking of Derek Sanderson, I actually remember having a conversation with him after Tyler Sagan was traded away from Boston, which was uh, 4th of July, 2013. And, you know, we were just talking about, obviously, some of the issues he had off-ice, the off-ice activities, and maybe maybe staying out a little later than last call here and here and word getting around you know, yeah. on social media. Yeah. And he just looked at me and he says, you know, I'm not saying that I don't think the kid needs to tone it down a bit, and I think he could be a superstar if he does, but he's like – People need to lay off a bit because, like, if they had Twitter, when me and Bobby and Phil Esposito and those guys are bouncing around the pubs outside Boston Garden, we would have been arrested every night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know? I, I, I thought that – I always thought that the time – I don't know the extent of which he was uh, living his uh, off hours uh, away from the ranks for his stuff. But, I mean, I don't think that it's – at all abnormal. I think the players still get together. They still have yeah. a few beers, and and nothing wrong with it. It builds camaraderie, and it, it, I think it really develops a team. Um, but yeah, they're friends, and and you know, I mean, we play hockey, we play yeah. men's league hockey, and we go out for a couple. What's the difference? They get up in the next. They they get up the next morning. And they make sure they're ready for practice. You don't overdo it because. I mean, this is your career. This is your job. You're making yes. five million or four million a year, so you know when to turn it off and turn it on. For the most part, I think you have to. I mean, it's it's that yeah. important. But again, you need a little bit of unwind time, man. You're you're out there and you're you're working and and uh, you're you're dedicating yourself to the job. You're putting everything. Everybody, I you know, 
like yeah. to have a, a little unwind time afterwards. So there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, I think, I think the issue was, and you made a good point there about the camaraderie that it can build. One of the issues, you know, just based on what I know uh, and what I heard during those days before he got tripped was just, it wasn't, he wasn't hanging with the team. And I, I think that was kind of the, the rub there where uh, the team was kind of, look, if you're out here, your time went on with the boys and, you know, you're kicking back in a, a, a little pub over in Charlestown where nobody's going to find you as opposed to right in the spotlight. And, and it just, that's the way it got. But again, I, I can't criticize the kid. I can't sit there and do that because, and, you know, like I was saying, I'd be, I'd be dead if I had as much money as Tyler Sagan did at age 19. So I, I can't really knock the guy, Donnie. <laughs> Uh, I'll just uh, report on the hockey and let's get to the current times right now. And like I said, we love, I, I told our listeners for the rest of the summer, I'm going to bounce around to different writers in each of the Atlantic division cities. Last week we had our good friend, uh, uh, Mike Zeisberger join me uh, for some Toronto Maple Leafs talk. And of course we're bringing you on. Uh, we're bringing, as my, as my dad used to say in, in a famous Irish song there, Donnie, I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, Brennan on the moor. You ever hear that song? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. There you go. My cousin. My cousin's name was Brennan, and he used to he used to sing that to him all the time. It's all a brave young highwayman. The story we will tell. His name was Willie Brennan, and in Ireland he did well. Was on the Kilworth Mountains. He commenced his wild career, and many a well-known nobleman before him shook with fear and it's a well, Brennan and Murphy are the Brennan and Murphy are the two most popular Irish names, aren't they? That's what yeah, I it is. Thought. We'll, we'll we'll put it that way. Right not? It wasn't for Guinness, we'd rule the world, right? So anyhow, absolutely. Let's get into the centers now. Let's go back right now, Donnie, to heading into draft weekend and draft weekend. So I want to get your feel on when you were you at the draft in Dallas. I was. Okay, so when you're flying down there, your gut feeling, are you coming home writing about an Eric Carlson trade? Are you coming home writing about Eric Carlson still being on the Ottawa Senators? Well, we had, we had two guys. We sent two guys to Dallas because we were convinced that something was going down. Now, uh, as far as Eric Carlson goes, um, Pierre Dorian, the G- Senators GM, had told uh, some fans at a town hall meeting when asked, he was he said that he would not trade Eric Carlson before the draft. That was the question. That's how it was put to him. Will you trade Eric Carlson before the draft? And he said no. Now, does that mean anything? Um, I, I, I thought that, you know, if you get an offer that you can't refuse, uh, are you going to say, well, you know, I, you know, I can't make that trade because I told fans that. I, no, no. So, anyways, I mean, he still he went through the draft. They wanted to get to July 1st. Because he had pulled, he had also said that he was going to make a formal offer to Eric Carlson. So, but that still did, what didn't convince us that, you know, there was there was not going to be an Eric Carlson trade. Well, we, and 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 worse, we thought there's going to be something. They're going to do something because they're dismantling this team. They're they're tearing it apart, and we thought there would be some action. So that was a surprise for sure. I mean, I went down to write about the ownership and the and the and the players that are existing and are still on the team and, and the guys that that could be moved i went down for that purpose i wound up writing about the prospects that the senators drafted as did my uh, colleague so 
yeah, it was it was a surprise for sure, Murph. We 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 figured that something would be we figured it'd be a busy week for us, and it wasn't. And, and why do you think that was? I mean, do you think it was a matter of there was just so much out there, and like why didn't anything materialize in your eyes? Well, I think that Pierre Dorian is is uh, you know. I'm sure that the listeners are familiar or have heard of the whole Randy Lee situation as assistant GM has been uh, charged with sexual harassment and, and uh, in Buffalo and he's been suspended by the team until this um, situation resolves itself. So Pierre Dorian is a busy man. They don't have a big front office staff. He's got um, the scouts that he's basically bouncing things off of. And Pierre Dorian knows that in trading Eric Carlson, it's uh it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a trade that he can't miss on. He can't, he's got to get a, a good return on this. I mean, they, you know, they traded Jason Spetzer to the Dallas stars and, and that was a disaster. And they, they did not get anything back for that as it turned out. They didn't get any NHLers. They can't be the same thing happen again with Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is their most valuable asset. And, uh, maybe, you know, yeah. I, I think that would, he, would I, would I be yeah, for, to say that? I mean, maybe ever, right? I, I, I would agree. I mean, he's entering the prime of his career. The one question mark, I think, about Eric Carlson is, is uh, the, the state of his ankle. I mean, the, the one that he had surgical, surgically repaired last summer. Uh, Eric Carlson didn't have a good season last year. I don't believe that it was because of the ankle, but people seem to be using that as an excuse. So we'll go with that for a second. But he's 28 years old, um, in the prime of his career, and... I think he's the best defenseman in the NHL. He's certainly the best offensive defenseman in the yeah. NHL. And when he decides to play a two-way hockey, if he, if he wants to play defense as well, I think he's the best all-round defenseman in the NHL. Now, he didn't do that last year for whatever reason. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of that. I, it looked like he lost faith in the coaching staff, the system, the team. Um, it just looked like he wasn't there 100%. Uh, he didn't play defense. He went back to the Eric Carlson of old where he was, you know, taking the, taking the puck up the ice and not so concerned about his own end. Anyways, um, getting back to it, I, I just think that he's still, uh, people look at him and he's a game changer. And oh, if yeah. you are going to trade him, you better make sure that you get a good return. Now, people aren't in Ottawa aren't going to like it no matter what they get because people will be furious. They're looking at it as Eugene Melnick, the owner, being cheap and not meeting this guy's demands. And, you know, we, we've... We've only had one Eric Carlson in Ottawa, and we're maybe never going to get another one. And you're going to trade him away because you're not. He 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 tells everybody that he wants to continue to play for the Senators, so it's in their court. It's going to go down bad for the team, no matter what. But Pierre Dorian, the reason, the long long answer to your question, why is it taking so long? Is Pierre Dorian has not received the offer that he thinks is is uh, is, is the one to shake hands on. That's that's got to be it. He's not coming, whether, you know, we don't, we aren't privy to the negotiations. I, I think that from what I've heard, I think it was very close with Tampa. I think that they had a trade worked out or people assumed that it was going to get done. This was after the draft uh-huh. and it didn't get done for whatever reason. Maybe we will never know why, but what it comes down to is I don't think that he's got what he's been asking for and he doesn't feel a need to rush it until he does. And in fact, he doesn't really. I mean, you should probably trade him before the start of the season to get rid of this whole mess. People can focus on the team and the game. But this, we still got another month. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and we'll see what happens. The one thing I wonder, 
Don, is because everyone knows the situation he's in where he needs to, to bring back that haul that, that an Eric Carlson trade deserves. You know, do they have him bent over a barrel, so to speak? I mean, is he ever going to be able to get full value with so much of the public knowledge uh, of everything that's going on in Ottawa right now? Does he have a chance to do that? I, I just don't see that happening. Well, I don't know. It's a, that's a very good point. Um, I think that, you know, there's also the fact that, you know, any team that's trying to trade for Eric Carlson, and maybe this is why uh, the perceived Tampa deal fell through. Maybe Eric Carlson said, yeah, sure, you can trade me there. I'm not signing an extension. I want to hit the UFA market next July 1st. Right now, the ball is with the Senators. It's all in their hands. They're picking who the, you know, they need his approval because he's got the, uh, the the 10 team no trade. But why not wait till July 1st if you're Eric Carlson? Then you have, your, you know, 30 teams that are interested or could be interested in you. You can pick your spot. You can yeah. be like John DeVaris was this, this summer. So yeah. I think that, there, that that could be a possibility. Eric Carlson, uh, you know, he's always been a very confident guy. And Eric Carlson knows he didn't have the season that he was capable of last year. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Carlson is going to bet on himself and say, you know what? Now I I don't want to, I don't want to go to Tampa or, or right now anyways. Uh, I want to be hitting the UFA market July 1st. And I want to, after I have a good season, because if he's going to be looking for $11 million now, like which, which is what we think he is, because that's, yeah. He might, he might as what happens if he goes out and scores 90 points next year or, mm-hmm. or 85 points next year, yeah. then maybe that 11 million is 13 million. Who knows? Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Carlson is willing to bet on himself and play out this season and become a UFA next July 1st. All right, let's switch. Uh, I'm with you. I could see that happening as well. Who knows? Maybe he gets a, he's a rental at the deadline. What a rental that would be. Um, but right. Let's look at the other and just more like, what the heck are we talking about here type situation? What the heck went down with Hoffman and all that, Donnie? I mean, I'm watching this from the outside. I'm just seeing what you guys are reporting. But, man, it just you, you couple it with what you, you already mentioned with Randy Lee. It's just, it just seems a lot, of, a lot of weirdness going on around this Ottawa Senators team. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean <laughs> – it's one of those stories where you almost expect it to be a made-for-TV movie, right? Yeah, like, you exactly. don't think that it's going... Like a lifetime movie. You don't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't think that this is really happening, but, I mean, it's, 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 just, it's just weird. We were, I was sort of tipped off a little bit about it weeks before, I guess, it came out, and I was trying to get to the story, but it was, it was a touchy one. It was a difficult one because of the uh the legal aspect of it right um and i mean it wasn't until we got a cop reporter involved and that cop reporter had some sources that you know revealed uh what was going on that we could actually expand or, or go on with the story i mean pierre dorian was in a tough place there um it was just a just a really really messy really ugly situation but you know we've all been trying to figure out why the why the senators could go or how the senators could go from being uh, within one goal of the Stanley Cup Finals two springs ago to being the 30th place team last year. What went wrong? Well, they got off to a pretty good start last season, 
But in November, when they went on their long road trip to, uh, to Sweden, they were gone there for a week. They came back for a week, and then they were on a 12-game road trip or something like that. Well, if you look, if you trace back to the game results, that's where everything fell apart. So it was a situation where I, I, I really, really believe that this whole wife's thing had a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, the wife's talk, the wife's, if, there, if there's some infighting with the wife's, and I don't necessarily believe it's limited to just the Hoffman oh. fiancé and the Carlson wife. Yeah, trust I mean, me, no, that I happens think with that, every team. That happens right. all the time. It, yeah, that's nothing new. For, for sure it does. For sure it does. And when the wives are there spending that extended uh, period without their husbands, maybe it, it festered. Maybe that's yeah. how it festered. Yeah. But I really believe, I really believe it tore the, the team apart. I, I really do. And, and because they weren't that bad. What, what, what we saw on, on the ice, they weren't as bad as what they, you know, as yeah. how they finished. And they just, they, they couldn't have been. So I really think that there was a lot of, you know, you know, we go, we, we mentioned camaraderie earlier on about going out for a beer with the boys and stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know if there was that camaraderie. I mean, there's still some groups, there's still some cliques and, and, and there's still some guys that like to hang out. But I think that if there's something going on between Hoffman's fiance and Carlson's wife, I think sides were, were split. I think, you know, I don't know what the split was, 90-10, 70-30, 50-50, but I believe the wives were split and I believe the, uh, the, that, that pay, played a part in the splitting up of the room. I, I, it's got to be it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just uh, it's interesting. And like your your take now, though, that they, that he's gone, um, is any of that going to linger? Is there is there still a, a divide there? You think that's going to be fine now? No, I think it can. I think it can linger for sure, Murph. I think that. Well, I mean, I don't know anything here, but why did Craig Anderson suddenly ask for a trade? Now he hasn't even started his extension that he signed yeah. it kicks in this season. All of a sudden he wants a trade. I mean, I mean, again, I don't, I spe- pure speculation. It, it's but, not like he's got somebody knocking on the door either, Donnie, right? Like that's going to come in and challenge him. For oh, the job, right. Oh, he's the number one goalie in Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. Now you could, you could, you could say that maybe he doesn't have a lot of faith in, in Ottawa. He doesn't, you know, they gave up their defense was so horrendous last year that maybe he doesn't want to play behind a crap team again and it's going to, you know, shorten his career. You could say that, but I don't know. He doesn't seem like I mean, that he type played of guy. Behind, no, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. So if there's a divide in the room and if he's getting stuck in the middle of it, maybe that's why. Maybe yeah. that's why he's looking to be moved. Yeah, he's... I, He's just looking at it right now and saying, I'm getting out of here before the proverbial shit hits the fan. I mean, that's basically what I think he's saying. It's already hitting the fan, but he thinks it could get worse. Yeah, yeah. And again, let's, if, we, if we dare speculate, what happens if his wife is, is on, uh, friends with Mike Hoffman's fiance and is like, well, wait a second oh, yeah, here. You, you know, so yeah. I, I, I mean, who, who, who knows? But that's, I'm certain that that's possible. Yeah, we should say, what a mess, what a mess. Well, let's try to get to the rink here. I mean, is there anything that you think could be better in terms of the product on the ice right now as opposed to all the madness going on off? 
Well, I mean, they do have some prospects, right? They do have some kids that they're high on that, that have had good junior careers that, you know, um, you look at a Logan Brown, the, the son of Jeff Brown, the former NHL defenseman, mm-hmm. uh, six foot six uh, center, uh, very talented guy, looked good last year in training camp and in the preseason, he looked good. Now, but they sent him back to junior. The question is, what 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 is he going to be this season? Is he going to be uh, a guy that they have start the season and let him develop in, in Belleville, the American Hockey League team in the Belleville? Or is he going to make the team out of training camp? Now, I, I wrote a column the other day suggesting that, you know, there's not a lot right now. In, in, the team isn't going to be as talented as it was last year because Mike Hoffman is gone and we assume Eric Carlson will be gone. So what's going to bring the fans out to the rink? What's, what's going to build hope? Well, why not? Rather, And it's unconventional, I guess. And people will say, no, you've, they've got to develop where they're in the minors. But why not, why not let the kids play in Ottawa? And that will, they'll be young and fast and mistake-prone. But is it going to really hinder their development? Yeah, they'll be fun to watch. And how far can they slip, Murph? They were 30th yeah. last year. There's only one other notch to go. So it's not a bad year to slip either. <laughs> you know, it's a good draft coming up. Well, of course, the problem with that now is their that in the Matt Duchesne trade, yeah, yeah. they lost their first first-round right. pick. So the, a lot of people thought that they should have maybe let their first round pick go to Colorado this year, in which case they would yeah. keep the, the one for next year. But I, I think that, you know, A, they really like Brady Kachuk. And yep. if they had a shot at him, they really wanted to get Brady Kachuk. Yep. And I also think that it's hard for a general manager who's on, you know, he signed an extension, but he's working for an owner that could pull the plug on him any day. He, he's a guy that, you know, Pierre Dorian isn't going to bank on his team finishing 31st next year or 30th next year. Now, does it look like it could? Yes. But we don't know everything that it, all the rest of his moves that he's going to make. We don't know how they're going to look when, when the season begins. Mm-hmm. But I, I would hazard to say that he's not going to say, yeah, I'll give uh, – I, I want to give uh, my pick next year – or I'll, I'll give my pick this year because we're going to be worse next year. He's not thinking that. No. He's thinking that it was a big old hiccup and that they've still got enough to challenge for a playoff spot. Do yeah. they? Uh, well, you know what? Let's just see what they get back from Eric Carlson, for Eric Carlson. But I, I find it hard to imagine they can challenge for a playoff spot now. But let's see what, what, young, what young kids make the team. There's Logan Brown. They have a, a, an Alex Formanton who is a real speedy winger that looked good when he was here within the preseason. They have a Drake Batherson who played in the Quebec League and lit it up. Again, we expect that he's going to start the year in the minors, but very, very talented kid, and who knows? And they have Thomas Shabbat. So when you lose Eric Carlson, you've got a Thomas Shabbat that a lot of people are very excited about. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of offensive skill. He's not Eric Carlson, but he's got offensive skill that, that's going to make him, I, I believe, one of the better offensive defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, I'm with you. I like everything you're saying about these prospects. And going back to Kachuk. I mean, I saw that kid play when he was young. It, it, they got a good guy. He, he's, he's the real deal. And I, I think that was a great pick that maybe just because of all the – I don't know, you're closer to it, but I felt like from, from the outside, Donnie, I felt like just the fact that they got a stud like this kind of got lost because of all the other madness going around them. And maybe the fans 
haven't really had the chance to to get that or as excited as they should be for him, you know. And I kind of felt bad for the guy because I'm like, they should be jumping for joy that they got him. Oh, absolutely. And now, okay, I'm just having a little bit of a brain cramp here, Murph. The guy that uh, was rated higher, the the score from the Quebec. Oh, Zadina. Zadina. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it went to the wings. There's still a lot. Right, and there's still a lot of people. He, he slipped not just just to he slipped all the way to six. So yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of people in Ottawa going, "You didn't take this kid when you had a chance," because we've heard a lot about him. It's funny, everybody's an expert when we haven't seen him play, but you hear a lot about yeah. somebody and you see the the totals that they put up, and there's a lot of people that uh, think that they should have went that route instead. I, I'm not so sure. I think a guy, hey, like I look at Keith Kachuk, I look at Matthew Kachuk. And yeah. I hear them both say that Brady Kachuk is going to be the best Kachuk. I'm like, uh, okay, I want, I want Brady Kachuk. And now, he's, he's got Zadina, the bloodlines too. You got to be psyched about too. And, and if you're building a young team, you're trying to move towards the future and form a culture. You, you got some good leadership in the, in those bloodlines that you hope carry on to him. Right. A hundred percent. I remember though, I, I did ask Zadina at the, uh, at the draft when he fell to six and he kept saying to everybody when they asked about falling to six, he said, well, you know, it's not, I don't look at it that way. It's not falling. It's a draft. You never know what's going to happen. Well, he was taking the positive spin. Then I said, well, when you play a team like Ottawa or a team like Montreal going forward, they both passed, passed on you. Is that going to give you some extra motivation? He said, you know, I told my agent, I'm going to fill the nets against those two yeah. teams. <laughs> you know, the, te- the teams that passed on him. I like this answer, you know, and I, and I yeah. bet you he does. Hey, we never know what kind of a player he's going to be. But again, he, it sounds like he's going to be a prolific goal scorer in the NHL. But it also sounds like Kachuk is going to be the kind of playoff guy you want. It like he seems player. like a, a yeah. right. And a gritty, yeah, a gritty guy, a big guy, a guy that has exceptional skill. Uh, I, I'm not. You know, I've criticized the Senators for a lot of things. I don't mind doing that. I enjoy doing that. <laughs> but <laughs> I was not criticizing them, criticizing them on the choice of Brady Kachuk. I, I, I think that that was a good pick. I, I'm with you on that. Let's look behind the bench here, Donnie. And I think that's another thing that maybe you thought at this point in the summer, you would be n- not talking about Guy Boucher being the head coach. Am I right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that was a... Uh, a funny one too. I mean, you know, he he had such a great year. His first year as the coach of the team, nobody expected the Senators to, right? And no, but nobody expected them to come within a goal of the Stanley Cup final. Oh, gosh. Uh, really, really got a lot out of a lot of players. But at the same time, and I know this from being in the room, that there were guys mumbling about his system and it cut back on their numbers. It was a team, more of a team oriented style of play that that cut back on their scoring chances i know you know i there's there's definitely definite players that weren't happy playing his his way and maybe that caught up to them a little bit last year too because maybe they got away from a trying worried a little, a little bit more about themselves than they were about the the end results for the team but yeah i mean i i would have hung on to there's been so many coaching changes in ottawa and I, and I think that Guy Boucher is a good coach. I think, I think that so. he's a smart guy. I think that he, I think whatever happened in Tampa, the reason – I bet you when it all, if it all ever comes out in the laundry, I bet you we find out that the reason that the Tampa Bay Lightning 
had the uh, good first year and then drop off second year and then follow third year under Boucher won't be the same reasons as it happened in or as has happened so far in Ottawa. I don't know what the reasons again are. I think a big part of it had to do with the dress room, but I, I still think that Guy Boucher is a smart enough man that what the mistakes he made in Tampa, I don't think he made the same mistakes in Ottawa. I think that Guy Boucher is worth a try. What kind of a leash is he on uh, as a lame duck coach with no contract beyond next season? Uh, I would hazard to guess that if they get off to a bad start, he'd be uh, he could be gone by the twenty game mark, and they could you know either they bring let Mark Crawford, the associate coach, run the team, or they bring in somebody else. Yeah, um, Ali Vigno is still out there, is he not? He is. He is. There's a couple of good coaches out there. I think Vigno, yeah, he'd be a good fit there. And I mean. Ali and Ali Vino is a Ali Vino is a guy, Murph. That I mean, he's an Ottawa area guy. Pierre Dorian's an Ottawa area guy. They, you know, he's, Dorian's known him for a long time. Dorian likes Ali Vino. Dorian, with if Ali Vino would have been available when Dorian took over as GM, Ali Vino would probably be the coach of the Ottawa Senators right now. So, I think I think that that's a guy that would would be you know it depends on if he gets a, a job somewhere else. But I think that he'd be a guy that could fit in. I, I just don't think that – I mean, I think it's worth giving Guy Boucher another shot. If it's a short term, it's a short leash, then so be it. But I think it's worth, after what he did in year one, to, uh, to see if year two was a complete fluke. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and then let's move right up the ladder then. I mean, we taught – Dorian – you know something's weird, Donnie, I felt through all the madness – I never felt like Dorian would lose his job like I did Boucher, right? But what, what question mark I did have is, does he still want to be there? Does he, like, do, do you think he's, I mean, how much is this affecting him? And I'm not saying he's exonerated from, from all of it and some of these, you know, his mistakes have led to this, but I feel like all of a sudden he's like, how the hell did I get into this mess, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. But here's... You know, here's the thing. Okay, longtime scout Pierre Dorian, Ottawa guy, yeah, um, winds up in a prominent scouting position with the centers and and being tutored by Brian Murray, uh, oh. who we all have a lot hey, of respect God bless for. Him. I miss him so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, you know he he was the guy. He was the obvious choice to succeed. Brian Murray is the GM, and he is in his dream job right now. And you got to think too that. If he loses this job, is he going to get a shot at being the GM and then with another NHL team? Find it hard to I find it hard to imagine he will. He'll get another job in the NHL. He'll go back oh, to yeah. scouting. But but I think he's you know this is his dream job now. You know it's, he's just in such a tough position because even when Brian Murray uh, stepped down as the GM, he was there as an advisor. He's a consultant, right. and so was Dan, so was Daniel Alfredson. And yeah. so Pierre had a couple of guys that he could bounce things off of. He could turn to ask for advice, a couple of really good hockey guys. And all of a sudden, Ryan passes on in last August and Daniel Alverson in July walks away from the team. So those two minds are no longer there to lean on. And he just doesn't have an, enough help, I don't think. He doesn't have – it's a tough job. And you look at – Say you you want to make a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is not going to happen because those interdivision trades never happen. But they've got a they've got a line of guys. Or last year they had a line of guys that you know in upper management. 
I mean, the voices and minds is it's tough. He's outnumbered. He doesn't. He doesn't. And he's not. I mean, they've added a chief financial officer and a mm-hmm. chief marketing officer this summer. And I don't know about you, Murph, but those don't sound like hockey people to me. No. So I, I I don't see where he's been. He's getting any more help. And again, with the Randy Lee situation, losing his assistant general manager, he doesn't have a lot to lean on there. So I don't know if he's huddled with Eugene Melnick. And if he is, then that could be even the worst is yet to come, I think. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm going to be trusting my owner's uh, judgment on hockey guys all the yeah. time, and yeah. especially in this case. And, and speaking of that owner, um, I mean, how bad right now is the relationship between him, the media, the fans, and Ottawa? I mean, is it beyond repair? Oh, well... Beyond repair, I don't. No, I don't think it's beyond repair. I think it's very bad, though. I mean, but he'd have to change his ways, and I don't believe that he's going to. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, for one thing, well, people either rightly or wrongly, and I believe rightly, blame him for Alfredson leaving the organization twice now. The mm-hmm. second time when it looked like Alfredson was going to become either the president or the GM or some high-profile important job with the team. I believe it was because of Eugene Melnick that he left. I believe it's because of Eugene Melnick that Eric Carlson is going to leave, ultimately. I think that even, to me, there's a possibility that if they would have said, you know what, we're going to give him $12 million a year and make him the highest paid defenseman in the NHL, I still think that there's a very strong chance that Carlson would have said, I'm not playing for this guy anymore. I'm going to go and test my options, you know? So... I think that people are blaming Eugene Melnick. I think that he's done a lot of things that, you know, just didn't go over well. And namely, I mean, number one, December the 14th last year on Parliament Hill, telling people, basically, basically threatening that, that he was going to move the team because, you know, he blames if, them. If people don't come to, if people don't come to your McDonald's, then you move the McDonald's someplace else or whatever, however else he phrased it. But totally wouldn't have anything to do with them. the service, right? You know, like <laughs> oh, oh no, or and I mean, it's great, uh, you know, whether it was his uh, idea, or, but it, ultimately it stops at the owner. But the the president of the time, Tom Anselmi, who another guy that left, ran away from the senators for yep. no reason that we've yep. been ex- it's been explained. So we have to assume it was the working relationship with the owner. Yeah. Um, their great, their great idea was, oh, we're having trouble selling seats. Well, we'll tarp over 1,500 seats or 2,000 seats in the upper bowl. That's what we're going to do to give it more of an atmosphere. Those seats aren't there anymore, Murph. They've disappeared. Well, you don't do that. You can't do that. You no. don't do that in Canada, especially. A, Canada, a, a place where it, it fancies itself as a hockey city. That's just, that's, that was just a horrendous idea. Um, how about how about hire more people? How about work harder and sell the tickets? Yeah, I mean, sell the tickets. I I remember asking Melnick about about that when he, you know, I said, well, when when they were came out with the tarping the seats idea, well, how about give students a really really good deal on those seats? Oh, are you kidding me? He says they're just going to resell the tickets. Well, I don't care what they do with them; they're going to buy them. Yeah. yeah, somebody's going to be there. So, yeah. Yeah, put people in the seats. How about that? Rather than a tarp over them. Anyways, oh I mean, you go you go right up and down the line, and then Tom Anselmi leaves, and 
Melnick isn't going to hire a new president or a CEO. He makes himself the president and CEO. Well, nobody had faith in him to begin with as an owner. So now you're, <laughs> you're, you've got all three positions at, at the top of the chain. Um, and you're the one guy that, that is, you know, yeah. is, is responsible for everything. I mean, it's just, he just made one mistake after the thing that would save the Ottawa senators Murph right now. And, and I think that this is what a lot of people are waiting for. And Melnick says he's not going to sell the team. He's not going to sell the team. He's not going to sell the team. I at the same does. time, he has, at the same time, he has 200 million U.S. debt with uh, operating the team. So at some point, if he sells the team, and there are people that are interested because of the primarily because of the piece of land in downtown Ottawa that's available, the Breton Flats. That that the that has already been said. You you, you can build a, a world class facility here. Um, go at it, and this is where the team's moving to. I think there's big time money men. Well, I know there are that want to buy the team and build that, and I think that would sell the team because what's the what's the first thing that a guy buying the Ottawa Senators from Eugene Melnick is going to do after he signs a check for whatever five hundred million dollars? Let's say he's going to. Make sure that Daniel Alfredson is on board. He's going to give Daniel Alfredson his spot with the ownership uh, group or make him the president or something. That will be wildly popular in Ottawa. What's the second thing he's going to do? He's going to make sure that the franchise, the generalization, uh, generational defenseman doesn't go anywhere. What does it take to get it done? We've already got your good friend Daniel Alfredson as the president of the team. What is it going to take to get you as our star defenseman and Eric Carlson's going to sign. It's going to be like the fans will all, all of a sudden forget about the ownership issues because Melnick will be gone. And I believe things will be starting to move in the right direction again. That would be something. I hope it happens there. I mean, I, right now I don't see that light at the end of the tunnel from afar, Donnie, but you know, I hope it happens because whether people know it or not, the, the, the Ottawa center has got a good fan base there. And like you said, they were, you know, one goal away from the Stanley Cup final only two years ago. That's insane to see how quickly it went bad. And so it's tough watching from afar. And I think, you know, we look back at that series against the Bruins when they opened the playoffs against the Bruins, that playoff run. And I just remember, you know, Bruins fans, obviously sometimes they're going to wear their black and gold glasses and not let objectivity creep in. But when they did, they kind of looked at this team and they're like, you know what? This team's hard not to like. They, they've got an amazing defenseman, a Norris Trophy winning defenseman, you know, an amazing talent in him. They've got this goalie that's got such a good side story and everything he's been through with his wife and everything, and how hard he's worked throughout his career. And, and they're a lovable bunch. And then all of a sudden, you look at them two years later, and you're like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And don't, for, don't forget the Clark MacArthur story, too. Oh, One of the most Clark popular guys exactly. in the. Who, who scored the NHL, OT winner, you know? right? To win the series. Right. and fought, Exactly. And fought, yeah. him, fought back from concussion issues. Like, he wouldn't, wouldn't say no. He wouldn't say quit. And he got himself to the point where he could contribute. It was another great story. No, um, you know, I think that it, it, another Melnick misstep is, is telling people when he wanted to get support for moving the team downtown, he started to tell people that nobody wants to come to the games way out in Canada, which is, as you know, about a, well, it can be a 30, 35 minute drive. It depends on the winters we get up here. It can be a, a, quite a trip to go out to the, to the rink when 
there's a viable option of moving the team downtown. I think that everybody is excited about that. You're right on, on the border with Quebec. You're going to get a lot of the uh, Quebec hockey fans that, that will attend more games. You'll get Eastern uh, Ottawa, East Ottawa, more, more support that way. So I think that if they've had some attendance problems, there's been a, a number of issues, but the location of the, of the arena is finally caught up to them, I think. And partly again, Melnick's, to blame, telling everybody, you know, you, you, they're not coming out here. It's too far. It's too well. Okay, so what happens if you wind up staying out there now? Uh, people are going to say, well, the owners even said it's too far for us to go up there. So, um, I, I think that the, I, I think that there's a fan base here. I think there's a solid fan base here. I just think that uh, it's it's really it's really been pulled away. It's really been torn. And it's really been torn up. I mean, where else, Murph, do you see signs? And they're billboard signs around Ottawa. Now they're down now, but when things were really falling apart, Melnick out. Hashtag Melnick out. Like people were crying for the owner to get lost. They were trying to chase him out of town. Mm -hmm. So that's not working. So how else are you going to show your displeasure? I guess it's it's not attending the games. And it's going to be very interesting to see what the attendance will be like next year without Mike Hoffman who was an, a very exciting player to watch, but more importantly, without Eric Carlson, who is, who is reason to, to pay, atten- uh, pay admission a lot of times, just to watch him, even when your team is bad. He was worth yeah. the price of the admission. So, and again, you tied it at the Bruins. Who's ever going to forget Murph that goal that they scored in Boston in the playoffs was that. And then what a play here by Carlson. Right over top, high over the forwards right on the tape I mean on the tape of Hoffman who's been quiet in this series and he does the old hockey school move back with the one hand completely fools pass that saucer pass Carlson made from his own end just over Zidane Ochara's head Uh, Hoffman at the Bruins blue line and the move he put on Tuka Rask to score that goal to me I've I've referred to it as the the most uh, spectacular goal in Senators history I can't remember very many more end-to-end spectacular goals in in NHL games. Any NHL games I've seen. Yeah, it so, was like it was it, it was for Boston fans to relate to it. It was like a Tom Brady or Randy Moss touchdown. It was it was unreal. I remember that very well. And you know what? The fans in Boston they blame Tuca for that. And I'm looking at them. You, you got to give the opponent some credit here. That was an amazing play wow. you never see again in your lifetime. You know? Wow. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, <laughs> Tuka's a Tuka's a great goalie. Like I, I don't know. I, I, oh, I put no that down. They, they, he gets killed here in Boston for some reason. I don't understand. Well, it's not fair. Yeah. Well, it's funny too because uh, again, you we we've talked about Craig Anderson. He doesn't. You know, he didn't have a good year at all last year, which mean which is why when he says, uh, "Yeah, trade me," before his extension even kicks out, kicks in. That there's not a lot of takers. He's got a $4.75 million yeah. contract for the next two years. Um, there's not a lot of takers. But he didn't have a very good year, but nobody. I never heard anybody ridicule or rep Craig Anderson last year. Is it, is it because of what he went through with his wife? I and, think so. And her I mean, illness? He's such, a, he's, such a, he's such an easy to cheer for a guy, you know. So when he's down and out, I mean, maybe that's it. There's just a built-in respect there. Well, let's see how they're going to respect him when, when the Senators can't find a taker yeah. in a trade. And, and he's and, their number one goalie after one saying he wants out. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I That'll know. That'll be interesting. Be 
Hey, listen, before I let you go, and you, you, you referenced the, you know, the possible moves to downtown there, and hopefully maybe somehow Melnick would be out, or maybe he isn't, he gets it, and he, he, he turns a PR 180. But could it ever get to the chance where, and this is your opinion, and I, I'm saying this, Donnie, because I've tweeted it before, and I've had some sources that are pretty tied into what's going on in Quebec tell me that there could be a chance down the road that they could see that team being relocated. Is that, is that just nonsense, or do you think there's a little substance to that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't 100% rule it out. I do. I think it's going to happen. No, I don't. I, I think that the NHL really does um, want to keep. Well, for one thing, but Gary Batman doesn't like relocating. He doesn't no. like that. He doesn't like leaving a team. They finally, you know, after uh, decades and decades of of no team in the in the nation's capital, they've got one. And it's it's a team that has had some high moments. And it's a team that has showed that it can it will be supported or can be supported. I think that uh, what the NHL would would rather do is somehow find a way to get rid of Melnick and finally and get and get that team in somebody else's hands. They they would go to any any length they can to make that happen before they grant Melnick an opportunity to screw up in another city. Yeah. Right. And that's to me what would happen. So I. I you know, you say that, that's what I believe. I, I don't believe the team's going anywhere. I believe there's a lot of people that want to make sure that the team's in Ottawa, and especially the owner or the uh, the league. But at the same time, could it happen? I suppose. <laughs> I, I just don't expect it to. Yeah. I don't expect it to. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to see a team in Quebec City again, Murph. You'd, you'd love that. Um, yeah. I'd love that. But, uh, but I don't want to see I, you guys I, I don't, either, either, though. You know, and that's that's a. I think they just need to expand to Quebec City, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, anymore, so. exactly. And I, not even a re, the relocation of. I, I don't want to see any any city lose their team. I, you know, the, no, the support the feeling, that, you know, and yeah, and, yeah. Like in Florida, they've had. You know, I, we've all been to games in Florida, and we we've, we've joked about the attendance. You know, the but I don't want to see them lose their. I think the Florida Panthers are going to be a good team next year, and. Let's see how they are supported then. But I don't think the league is too worried about it, whether it's the TV money or what what have you. They're not too worried about it. I just don't think the league is going to allow relocation. It's it's growing. Whether it's going to grow um, to include Quebec City in a in another round of expansion before Seattle or after Seattle or, or with Seattle, who knows? But I, I don't believe that there's going to be a, a, a push to move the team. And if Melnick wants to, I think he's going to be met with very strong opposition. Yeah, I'm with you, my friend. Well, we shall see a lot going on. It, you know what? They may be a, a, a tough team to watch at times, but you, something tells me you're going to have a lot to write about still, uh, Donnie Brennan. I, I just think this is, it's going to be an eventful year nonetheless with Ottawa. We'll see. Buddy, I know you're on the lake. I'll let you get back to your lake activities and enjoying the, uh, the beautiful scenery, my friend, and I'm going to get back to uh, unpacking here. So. <laughs> all right good luck with that murph yeah you too i know you're moving soon too so good luck with your move as well thank you thanks very much all right that's donnie brennan of the ottawa sun join us here on the bruins beat i'm jimmy murphy your host here on clns media we'll talk to you next week